Happy Labor Day weekend, everybody. It's Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund with another episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show, AEW All Out Pay-Per-View Review. That's what's coming to you here in just a few minutes. But before I get to all that happened at AEW All Out last night, as this is being recorded on Sunday night, I'd like to let you know what's coming to the show on Monday. Monday, September the 7th. The Weekend Review makes its return. And I've got some hot topics to talk about uh, on The Weekend Review, including Brock Lesnar being a free agent. What does it mean? Um, the Iconics breakup. USA Network and WWE maybe looking to move to another night. Um, why the Iconics split up. And also... Vince McMahon's latest edict giving superstars 30 days to cease all agreements with third-party apps, including the following. Cameo, Twitch, TikTok, among other platforms. I talk about all that coming up on Monday, September the 7th on The Week in Review. Definitely some other topics will be covered, but those will be the main ones covered on the weekend review. But let's get to the main topic of discussion on this show today. AEW All Out Pay-Per-View Review. Was it up to the level of previous AEW pay-per-views? Was it good? Was it bad? We'll see. I'll let you know here in a moment. Let's start out with the buy-in. And these two matches on the buy-in were pretty much thrown together. It was Saren Pentico versus Joey Janela. And this was an all-right pre-show match, or well, the buy-in, they call it. Uh, I'm not too familiar with Saren Pentico because I really don't watch AEW Dark. It wasn't bad but it really seemed like a matchup that was just thrown together to fill the buy-in portion of the show. And with that being said, I already said it, I don't watch Dark, so I'm not really familiar with this one, but it looks like a match you might have seen on Dark, in all honesty. And this was definitely one of the weaker buy-in matches I've seen. I'm going to give it a C+. Janela wins the match with an elbow drop. Luther got involved multiple times, helping his tag team partner, Saren Pentico, and Sir Pentico, I mean, and Sonny Kiss would end up helping Joey Janela. It was all fine. Something you'd see on Dark. C-plus grade for that one. Then we get Private Party versus Dark Order, and I have a bit of criticism for this match. This match was fine. This was match was fine. I liked it. But, big, big but here, I don't really understand the point of Private Party going over here. It made little to no sense to me as I think they were, I think they're trying to have Dark Order be built as this monster group, but the way this was booked, it doesn't make any sense. Because he had Private Party beat Dark Order here. Private Party could have taken the loss here. Dark Order needed the win quite a bit more as John Silver and Alex Reynolds took the pin after getting hit with gin and juice. I'm going to give it a B-. I thought it was a nice match, a fine match, but 
really? Dark Order should have went over here, and we'll find out more about that later on. We'll find out more about Dark Order later on in this review. Then we get to the main card, and it's a really odd start. We start with the tooth and nail match between Britt Baker and Big Swole. And I was not personally a huge fan of this. This was fine. It was a cinematic wrestling match. This was a pre. Uh, this was originally supposed to be on the buy-in, but I think internet, kind of, Twitter, kind of pushed it to the main card. Which, in all honesty, it probably should have stayed on the buy-in show. It wasn't really all that great. There was some interesting stuff, including Swole hitting a degree, which didn't make a whole lot of sense. Britt Baker getting stabbed with a needle of Novocaine and getting put out with laughing gas. That's ultimately how Big Swole won the match. They fought throughout the dentist office. They fought outside of the dentist office, office near the garbage. In all honesty, this shouldn't have opened the show. They could have put it on the buy-in or the, the middle of the main card. It would have made more sense. But whatever. It was fine. I'm going to give it a C+. Reba's screaming and involvement really got annoying throughout this match. It was fine for what it was. And I understand why they did the cinematic match. As Britt is still limited, probably. I assume so. I assume Britt's limited as she's coming back from that knee injury she suffered a while ago. I just felt like this wasn't as fitting. This wasn't fitting for the buildup they had because this was pretty personal, and I just didn't buy it as personal. It kind of came off as corny to me, but it was fine. It just shouldn't have opened the show. I'm going to give it a C plus, as I've already said. Then we get the show first in ring match of the show, and it's the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson versus Jurassic Express, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. And the winner will get a tag team title match. And the Nick and Matt Jackson were definitely playing heels here. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. And there was a beautiful piece of psychology in this match where Jungle Boy is about to tag Luchasaurus. But Nick comes into the ring, Nick Jackson, and super kicks Luchasaurus off the apron, preventing the hot tag. That was brilliant. And they say the Young Bucks don't have any in-ring psychology. They showed it right there. Jungle Boy ate a lot of offense in this match. He showed his resiliency later on in the match. And he ate a lot of big moves from the Young Bucks. But the Young Bucks would win following a BTE trigger. And this was a very entertaining match. Luchasaurus hit a freaking dive over the barricade into the crowd. It was pretty dang awesome. But the Young Bucks work so much better as heels. They showed it here. And I really look forward to what they're going to do as heels when they do the full turn. And something was teased later on in the night, which I'll get to in a little bit. But I'm going to give the match 
this match between the Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus and the Young Bucks, a B plus. Very good match. This, in all honesty, really should have kicked off the show. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus lose nothing here at all. They don't. It's The Young Bucks are part of a bigger story moving forward. I get it. But as time goes along, we need to start getting Jungle Boy and uh, Luchasaurus some wins, Jurassic Express, because they haven't won any big matches yet. They've lost all their big matches, it seems like. Hopefully, they start winning some big ones here soon. But really fine match to kick off the show proper. I'm going to give it a B plus. Then we get the Casino Battle Royale. The participants are Trent, Christopher Daniels, Rock Hard, Jake Hager. I hate that nickname, by the way. The Blade, Ray Phoenix. That's the first group that enters. Then it's Frankie Gazarian, Will Hobbs, Chuck Taylor, Santana and Ortiz. Then we get Billy Gunn. Pentagon Jr., Brian Cage, Absolute Ricky Starks, Darby Allen. Then Sean Spears, Eddie Kingston, The Butcher, Sonny Kiss, and Lance Archer. Then we find out who the Joker is, and it ends up being Matt Seidel, who, by the way, about died going for a shooting star press. He completely slipped. That was an incredibly scary moment. I certainly hope Matt Seidel is okay because that looked incredibly scary because he was on the top rope. He kind of slipped and almost landed on his head. Will Hobbs did a great job being there to check on him. And this was a fine battle royal. This was a fine battle royal. They interwove some stories into there, including the best friends and Santa Ortiz's feud. Uh... Allen, Darby Allen's feud with Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. It was nice to see that they could fit all these feuds into the match, and it worked for me. I enjoyed it. And the final four in this match included Kingston, Cage... Actually, that was the final five. was Kingston, Cage, Butcher, Seidel, and Hobbs. They're all left. Cage and Archer, they trade blows. Cage hits a head scissors on Archer. Hobbs then catches him off the ropes. They fight on the apron. Then Archer kicks them both off of the apron. Then it's down to the Butcher, Seidel, Archer, and then Eddie Kingston. So it's technically the final four now. It was final six earlier on. And then we get Seidel eliminating Butcher. And then Archer hitting Blackout on Seidel. Kingston knocks Seidel off the apron. Then we get Butcher and Blade trying to help Kingston win while Robert gets the snake out, which was kind of an awkward moment. Kingston's on the top turnbuckle. Archer goozles him and choke slams him into Blade and Butcher, and that's the end of the match. And Lance Archer is your new number one contender for the AEW World Championship, which this foreshadowed the result of the main event, but it did not take away from the main event. This was a solid battle royal, though. I'm not saying it was great, but Archer needs to reestablish himself as a top heel, and this accomplished that here. Hopefully, we see him win the title actually I hope he does win the title 
it would be certainly entertaining to see him wreck people as the AEW World Champion. And the match that he's going to have with Mox, that's going to be a banger. That is going to be a banger. I give this Battle Royal a B-. I think it accomplished what it needed to accomplish. Wasn't great, but got the job done. Then we get the most controversial match of the night. Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara in a broken rules match, which in all reality was a last man standing match. And Matt loses. If Matt loses this match, he leaves AEW. Matt, he gets speared off a scissor lift through a table early on. They fight for a few minutes and then he gets speared off a scissor scissor lift through a table early on in the match. And clearly, clearly, he hits his back, hits the back of his head on the concrete. And you can see on video, he is completely knocked out. Referee Aubrey Edwards is checking on him. She puts up the X and we actually get the match stopped. The bell rings. We think this is the end. But it's not, actually. They restart the match because Matt's supposedly okay. Not really sure about that as he hit concrete. Hit the back of his head on concrete, which I don't know why that was necessary at all. I don't know why it was necessary. That spot was ne- I don't know why that spot was necessary because I didn't think it was at all. That's an incredibly dangerous spot. And you didn't need that in this match. You didn't need that kind of spot in the match. I get. I know you're going for shock value, but that was completely unnecessary. And it's not really looking out for the well-being of your wrestlers. They end up restarting the match. As they work their way back into Daly's place, the match gets restarted. Ugly DDT on the concrete by Matt as he is not all there. They fight their way back to ringside. They fight on the scaffolding. Guevara and Matt are fighting 15 feet up. I don't know if that's the greatest idea for him to be climbing, but they exchange punches, and then Matt punches Guevara off through a gimmick part of the stage, and Sammy does not answer the count of 10. (sighs) <sighs> you can just check out Rebby Hardy's Twitter for her reactions on this because she was furious and she still is. Tony says everything cleared was cleared out. Like everything checked out with Matt and he was didn't have a concussion or anything. Rebby says otherwise. So, believe who you want to believe on that. I just think this spot was completely unnecessary for the match. It didn't need to happen, especially on concrete. That was not a bright idea at all. I'm going to give this match a D+. It was confusing because we had the match stop and then get restarted. I don't know. Matt does not need to be taking those kind of bumps at his age. It was just a little bit ridiculous. I'm going to give it a D plus. Easily the worst thing on the show. Definitely, definitely don't recommend. Then we get Redemption. Sort of. It's Hikaru Shida 
defending her AEW Women's World Championship against the NWA Women's World Champion, Thunder Rosa. This match was great. I loved every minute of it. I love the submission wrestling Thunder Rosa used early on. And these girls just beat the crap out of each other. Not the girl, these girls. These women beat the living crap out of each other for nearly 20 minutes. It was awesome. Kudos and congrats to both of them for putting on a damn good match. And honestly, I'm going to spoil give you a spoiler alert here this is the best match on the show in my opinion best match on the show thunder rosa in this match hits a dvd on the apron which was nasty sheeta kicks out of that this is the later moments of the match rosa stretches out the arms of sheeta sheeta gets to the ropes rosa then heads up to the top sheeta hits a superplex on rosa Sheeta then sends Rosa over the top rope. Sheeta hits a Meteora on Rosa. They both re-enter the, the ring before the 10 count. They exchange blows. Running kick by Rosa. Sheeta counters with a knee. Sheeta hits a Falcon Arrow and Rosa somehow kicks out at one. Then Sheeta puts in the stretch muffler. She would go into that multiple times throughout the match. She finally gets it. Rosa then gets to the rope. Rosa then hits a backstabber for a near fall. Rosa then inverted fireman's carry. Sheeta rolls through and hits a couple of forearms. Sheeta gets a two count, a backbreaker by Sheeta, followed by the running knee, gets it done for her. Great match. Gets an A for from me. I give it an A grade. Great match from the women here. Rosa really got to show out in front of a pay-per-view, worldwide pay-per-view audience. Hell of a match. And yeah, I said this before the rest of the card happened. It was going to be hard to top this one. This was easily the best match in AEW's brief history. Then we get the Dark Order, Brody Lee, Colt Cabana, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson against Matt Cardona, Scorpio Sky, and the Natural Nightmares, and Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall. And this match goes on too long. This match went on too long. I think it could have been condensed down five minutes or so. And they go with the finish of Colt eating the pin. So the finish was really nice. I'll give him that. The finish of this match... I really, really liked and it's mainly why I gave it the grade. I, I will give it here in a second. I will give you in a second. Um, so Brody Lee hits the spinning lariat, the discus clothesline, and Cabana gets tagged. And normally in a Dark Order match, Brody hits the big move and then you just have Colt come in and take the and then get the pin. But Colt, he goes to the well once too much and goes for a moonsault instead of covering and he misses Dustin rolls out of it out of the Dustin rolls out of the way of it and he gets the roll up for the win which actually makes it makes sense storyline wise as Co Dustin's going to try to get redemption for his brother as we find out later on that Dustin will get a AEW not AEW but a TNT championship shot 
this coming week on Dynamite. I like the finish. The match went on too long, at least five minutes or so. I like the story told at the end of the match, but I don't understand why Dark Order needs to take another loss here. I thought we were starting to establish them as this dominant force in AEW, but you kind of stop it again. We had Dark Order lose. We had Reynolds and Silver lose in the pre-show, and then we have the rest of Dark Order losing here. And Uno post-match consoles Colt Cabana as Brody Lee berates him as he leaves the ring. He extends Uno extends his hands, extends his hand to Cabana, and they walk out of the ring together. And then we get a Dustin getting interviewed by Shivani. Says he did it tonight for Cody. And Dustin will get a shot at the TNT title, as I mentioned earlier. This Wednesday on Dynamite against Brody Lee. Dustin's shocked about it, but he says he's coming for blood. We also got during this show an interesting promo. So it's Alex Marvez with Kip Sabian. I didn't see anything else. I didn't really pay attention to it initially, but then I found out later that at the end, Kip Sabian took a little pew pew shot at WWE with their cameo policy as Vince McMahon mentioned it, giving him 30 days to cease all third-party agreements. Kip Sabian decided, oh, I'm gonna plug my Twitch page, and he does it, and also he does a little snap of the finger and it says this message is approved by All Elite Wrestling. So Tony Khan is in support of it. Vince McMahon is in is not in support of that kind of thing in his company. So I'll let you know my thoughts on that in the weekend review coming up on Monday. Then we get what was the most intriguing match of the night. We had high expectations for this. Omega and Hangman versus FTR. Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler was for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. And what I was expecting coming into this match was somebody to turn on somebody. And it was going to be some attack post-match. And we didn't get that post-match, really. We got... A storming out of Kenny. O- we got Kenny Omega storming out. We did get new tag champs in FTR, which is perfectly fine. But this match, in all honesty, went entirely too long too. That was an issue throughout this show. The matches went. Some of the matches went too long. This match could have easily had five to ten minutes cut out of it. Also, the previous match. In all reality, the Dark Order match, the Dark Order versus Dustin, Matt Cardona, QT Marshall, and Scorpio Sky, that could have been seen on Dynamite. That could have been, in all reality, seen on Dynamite. But this match, I had very high expectations for and was sort of let, let down. I was sort of let down by this match. FTR and they had FTR and Omega and Page. They had a pretty good match. The time it just they were trying to build it as an epic, but it just went too long. And still enjoyable though. We got to see kind of the the cracks just 
well, not the cracks, but we just saw the complete fracturing of the relationship between Kenny Omega and Adam Page late in the match. Because what happened here was FTR was going for the assisted pile driver. Kenny make the save. Page sends Dax into the guardrail. There's a top rope fallaway slam for a two count by Adam Page, which is absolutely incredible. He went with the pants, the chaps actually, instead of the uh, normal trunks. But uh, Page and Omega go for the last call, the V-trigger with the buckshot lariat. But both men duck, and Kenny accidentally V-triggers Page. Cash chop blocks Omega as Omega's knee was getting worked heavy throughout the match. FTR hits the spike pile driver. Page kicks out at two. They get it again, and FTR is the new tag team champions. I thought this was a really good tag match. Five to ten minutes could have been cut out of it. I'm going to give it a B plus. Nowhere near the level of Page Omega versus the Young Bucks at Revolution. Not even close. FTR, they celebrate with beers post-match. They give Page, they leave Page a beer thanking them post-match, thanking him post-match. Kenny then chases FTR, FTR off to the back. Kenny has a ringside table, and he was gonna use, looked like he was going to use it on Page. He doesn't. He Page just collapses, and Kenny doesn't catch him. He kicks the beer down. Then Kenny doesn't really sell the knee, which I didn't really like about really like. Kenny walks out on Page, and Kenny's with the Bucks, and he's pissed. He says, "We're done. Let's go." They leave the arena in the vehicle. Actually, Kenny does by himself. Kenny gives the Bucks an ultimatum. And Kenny says he needs a clean break. So this is teasing a possible return of the cleaner persona for Kenny Omega, which he is desperately in need of. He needs to be a heel along with the Bucks. That'd be a cool little thing to see. And that's fine. So Omega's going to be the heel and Paige is going to be the face. Let's see how this plays out. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Then we get Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy in a Mimosa Mayhem match. This show up until this point, up until the previous two matches, was not doing too well. It was not doing too well for AEW standards, I'll say. It was still a good it was still a good show up, that, up until that point, but to AEW standards, it was not up to snuff in my opinion. Because you're forking up $49.99 for a pay-per-view. I'll talk about that a little later on. But let's get to Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy in a Mimosa Mayhem match. The winner either wins by pinfall, submission, or throwing your opponent into a vat of, of Mimosa. So they have to submerge their opponent in a vat of Mimosa. It's no DQ, no countouts. Two little pools are set up on uh, by the ring. And this was fine. These two guys had better matches on Dynamite. I personally, personally, I liked their first match best. I liked their first match best. They really delivered the first match. The second match was pretty good. The ending was a little off. And then this third match was still, it was fine. I just didn't enjoy it all that much. They were working around the gimmick of this match, which I get what, get I understand, but Orange Cassidy goes over here. Chris Jericho puts over Orange Cassidy. 
Cassidy is the ultimate winner of this feud as he gets the orange punch, the Superman punch, twice on Jericho and knocks him off of the second turnbuckle into the pool of Mimosa, giving him the win. So we'll see if Orange Cassidy is main event caliber, but he got put over by a bona fide main eventer, an all-timer, and Chris Jericho. I'm going to give it a C+. I wasn't a huge fan of this. I thought it went a bit too long. I think they could have done it in 10. And at this point of the pay-per-view, we're past 11 o'clock. So we're over the three-hour mark for the live portion, or the, for the uh, pay-per-view. We're in the third hour. We're, we're, heading, we're heading into the fourth hour, actually. It was like 11. It was after 11 when this match ended. And I'm like, I'm getting exhausted. We had already the buy-in, which was an hour, and then we had the show that's already been three hours, which is fine, but we were already at the three-hour point. We should have been at the main event already. We should have been at the main event before 11 o'clock, but stuff ran a little bit long. Then we had the main event of the evening, which had me very, very intrigued, the build-up to it, but the Casino Battle Royal kind of made it obvious who was going to win the title, who was going to win this match MJF against John Moxley for the AEW World Championship and the stipulation is that Moxley cannot use the paradigm shift in this match and MJF works the shoulder of Moxley to death in this match it's really good stuff from MJF Mox ends up busting MJF open and MJF is bleeding like a faucet late in this match. MJF Mox is using every different kind of move he can. That's not the paradigm shift. It's a gotch style pile driver on MJF. MJF gets the Fujiwara armbar locked in late in the match. He has that th- thing locked in on Mox. Mox eventually gets to the ropes. And the finish was this. So MJF hits a thumb to the eye of Mox. He follows that up with a backslide, then a slide under by Mox into a rear naked choke. MJF grabs the ref, low blows Mox, gets the roll up for a near fall. MJF then hits crossroads on Mox. Mox then kicks out at the last second. MJF did not grab a leg on this cover. It was a little bit of a lackadaisical cover. Wardlow then gives MJF the dynamite diamond ring while Wardlow distracts the ref. Mox then hits the paradigm shift behind the ref's back and Mox retains. Really good finish. I loved the finish. I absolutely loved this finish. And I thought the match was pretty darn good. MJF delivered in a big time spot here. And I loved how Mox found a way to use the paradigm shift. And it just showed his veteran savviness. And in all honesty, this doesn't hurt MJF a bit. This gives MJF another reason to have another oppor- uh, another title opportunity, to get another title opportunity, that is. And he can call it a conspiracy. He can call it a conspiracy following that finish. Doesn't hurt him in the long run, though. And MJF can brag about him saying, brag saying, 
you couldn't beat me without cheating. But I love the arm work here by MJF. Mox did an excellent job of selling the arm throughout. Really good main event to make up for what has been AEW's weakest pay-per-view outing of the of their history. I'm going to give it an A-. Really enjoyed it. Second best thing on the show to Thunder Rosa, Hikaru Shida. Which brings me to the overall grade of the show. This is near the level of both Payback and SummerSlam. This is a B. While this is a good show, it was a good show. It was definitely AEW's weakest pay-per-view outing in their history. The buy-in shows match buy-in show matches, they absolutely didn't matter. It was total filler. Britain Swole was not my cup of tea here. And there was stuff that just didn't click with me like that. Like that match, the tooth and nail match, the opening not the opening, but that big spot in the Hardy Guevara match kind of took me out of it. Those two matches were kind of ugh, bad. Those were not the best ones. Along with Jericho and Cassidy, I didn't really like that all that much. And the tag match between the Dark Order and the four, the Natural Nightmares and Scorpio Sky and Matt Cardona felt like it could have been on an episode of Dynamite. While it was fine, it just didn't seem like it was a pay-per-view caliber match. But there were plenty of bright spots in this show too. Uh, On the other end. The Bucks and Jurassic Express had a pretty good tag match. I liked it a lot. FTR and Omega and Page, while good, while it was really good, it under-delivered. MJF Mox was pretty darn good. Going back to the FTR and Omega page match, I said it already. It could have had time cut out of it. But MJF and Mox, they really did a good job there. But match of the night, Rosa, Sheeta, really good stuff from them. And there are certain aspects of this show that not, uh, there are certain things going on in the background of this show that didn't really help. The crowd, it was dead. It was a dead crowd for this pay-per-view. Apparently, it was very, very humid down in Jacksonville, and the crowd was just absolutely drained by the heat and humidity. And it resulted in a very weak crowd reaction throughout the night which didn't help the quality of this pay-per-view. But it was still an okay pay-per-view. Still a good pay-per-view. Not like, oh my gosh, blow away good pay-per-view like we expect out of AEW every single time. But if this was a WWE Network pay-per-view, this would be an acceptable show. But with the price tag being $49.99 for this, it didn't really feel like it was worth that last night and what I expect and have come to expect out of AEW is great pay-per-views for the prices they only have like what four big pay-per-views a year 
this is supposed to be their kind of WrestleMania, and it certainly did not feel like it, but it was still a good pay-per-view. Thought it was up to the level of Battleground and SummerSlam from WWE. And this shows some some issues that AEW kind of still struggles with. And it's and part of it is balancing out the card. Britain swollen all reality should not have opened the show. Jericho and Cassidy, it while it was the co-main event, I think it was the co-main event, it really should have been on in the middle of the card. I get Jericho is a huge, huge name. I absolutely love Chris Jericho. I love him and both him and Orange Cassidy, but this should have been in the middle of the show because there was some filler in this, and I didn't really like. I I thought it was okay filler. I thought it was decent filler. I just didn't think the filler was worthy of pay per view. But that being said, definitely still a good show. Not their best. Definitely their weakest pay per view. Uh, step down from the previous shows AEW has put on. But. A B. It's a B level show, B graded show from me. Hope you enjoyed that pay per view review of AEW All Out coming up to on Monday, September the seventh. Will be the weekend review covering many topics on that show, giving you my take on those uh, certain topics. In the meantime, though, make sure to follow me on Twitter and Facebook at SigDaddyWrestle and on Instagram at SigDaddy.Wrestle. And if you haven't already, make sure to punch that subscribe button on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time, this is SigDaddy, Skylar SigDaddy Sigmund, that is, signing off. Thanks for listening, and so long, everybody.